Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. I want to tell you it's time for the Word of God like never before. The world is in sinking mode and the kingdom of God is in advancing mode. And uh, you know what? I had a I had a, a saying last week, and I only add another saying to you this week, which I think is so vital, so critical. You know, when we were at school, when um, particularly in the grades, and we would start to learn how to multiply, and the whole class with all the little kiddies would say. Uh, one times two is two. Two times two is four. Four, uh, four times two is eight. Eight times two is sixteen. And we used to repeat, repeat, repeat. And I remember going home with these little tables and repeating it to myself. But I want to repeat something that I want you to repeat for yourself. Because I think this is it. The only thing that you have to fear. In the midst of all calamity, no matter what is coming at you, is the fear of the Lord itself. Fear God. And you know what? It is in 1 Samuel chapter number 12, 24. It says, only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart for consider what great things he's done for you. And that in 1 Samuel 12, 24, here in the revised, updated, new uh, Amplified Bible, it says, only fear the Lord with awe and profound reverence and serve him faithfully. Did you hear that? Faithfully, with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you already in the past. I want to tell you something. I cannot imagine a life without Christ. I honestly look at the people of the world. I look at the way they speak. I watch them sometimes on a newscast on television. I'd be in the room getting dressed and watch the news would be on. And I, I would think and look at people and their comments and the way they behave and the things they have to say. And I am, I'm not critical but I have, I'm overcome with compassion because I realize it's the voice of a lost soul. And I realize there is no real direction. You see, for the believer, to live is Christ. To die is actually gain. And the only fear that we have to have, that is scriptural, is the reverential awe of the Lord. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord causes us to depart from evil. Now, last week I started speaking with you, and I think this is a very important subject. I spoke about the mythical three-pronged fork of the devil, and I said there were three ways the devil attacks. I really got thinking about this. First off, obviously, there's this whole COVID and whatever else in terms of sickness, that's the one prong or point or whatever you want to call it, call it prong of that fork. The second one is economically. The whole e economy, the way things have been absolutely 
turned upside down in disaster worldwide, particularly some nations. Uh, and they're suffering. They're really suffering. And, of course, the other thing is, I've always had a saying, I said, if the devil can't get to me, then he'll try to get to my wife, my marriage. If he can't get to that, he'll try my children. If he can't get to that, he'll try, let's say, my staff. If he can't get to that, go a bit broader. But always try to find a gap, find a little loophole somewhere to get in. These three attacks on your family life, your home, your loved ones, you, and your husband, wife, or children, or if you're already perhaps divorced and you've suffered so badly because of that pain, then, then it means that, you know, you've had an attack, but God also gives you the way out. God, listen to me. Don't, don't be in despair. Don't be in despair. Never give up. God has got a better way forward for you. And it's never too late for God to recover things, to restore things. You know, I'm talking family language these last two weeks. And it's strange to me because I normally go with flowing with the power of the Holy Spirit and things like that. I love to talk about the end time prophecy. I have, I have a third, 27% of the Bible is prophetic. It has been that 27%, it's been like years and years that I have been studying just exactly that. So I can get into that and talk about that and talk about many subjects. But what I want to talk about is vital because it touches you. It touches you. Every person you're in a relationship with, it touches them. And I see very badly dysfunctional families, families that are just out of sorts with everything. And I see parents crying. I see fathers, mothers weeping and hurting. And don't we as ministers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ see how the fork, the prong of that fork, one prong at least, came down on a marriage and I see adultery that happened and uh, people that didn't respect the marriage covenant that they were in called holy matrimony. And I look at these things and you feel very sorry for people. I think God so loved the world that he came to save you. He came and he gave Jesus. So that if you believe in Jesus Christ, you can be saved. And he can give you a new beginning. God is the God. Let me tell you something of the second chance. Only this. You have to be sure with no self-justification, no passing of the buck, Take responsibility, accountability for your own wrongs. And when you do those things and you confess them to the Lord, I say again, Psalm 32, go read it if you can get a hold of a Amplified Bible. doesn't matter what, what version, the 217 or earlier, just go read Psalm 32. And of course, when King David also, I think it's Psalm 51, where he comes with his confession concerning his sin with Bathsheba, and how that he says the most wonderful words, I think it's Psalm 51, 10, he says, Lord, at the end of it all, just at the end of the Lord, after cleansing me, he says, create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. 
And then he goes on even a step further. I love it. When I go walk with the dogs at night, I often pray it. And he says, cast me not away from your presence ever and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. To me, this is life. To me, relationship with God is life. Out of relationship with God is dancing on the front veranda or stoop, whatever you want to call it, of the devil's, the devil's headquarters. I can tell you, and he's ready to take everyone down that he can. So with that in mind, I need to uh, just get into a very important part of what I want to talk about. Firstly, we're going to talk about what we started last week, marriage and the family. And then I'm going to move to finances. Now, with everything, let me tell you something. I had three visions in a row. The first vision was a dragon, dragon. It was nothing but a dragon coming up out of the sea. It looked like those Chinese dragons that they sometimes have in their feasts, that type of head to the thing. But, um, you know, it came out of the sea and it was spewing something like, uh, you know, in the, in the old days they had little ink bottles with like a, a blue ink in it and you would have a hand-held uh, pen and dip it in there and then write. That was at school many years ago. We're talking 1955, 4, 3, 2. So those years. And, uh, and, and, he, and similar, uh, this color was different from the normal color of the brightness of the sea, spread like the tentacles of an octopus. And I knew trouble was coming to all the world. Then the next thing I saw in a vision was, and I'm cutting very short, very short because I can get in detail here, uh, was a picture of a mamba. And I took it on, I rebuked it, and I chased it, in fact, and it fled. But it spelled danger. You know, the mamba, the black mamba has got a black mouth. And that stands for death itself. It's the most poisonous of snakes. It's like minutes and you're dead. And uh, neurotoxic, it just paralyzes the whole system like that. And they don't just bite once, they bite very fast and like few stings. And then, of course, leave all that, that venom. And then if you don't have medical attention as quick as possible, it's over and gone. I saw the black mamba with its mouth open. I reacted. And uh, I've got a protocol living out here on a plot type place where uh, we have snakes. Uh, I reacted immediately, took it on and it fled. But, okay, let's leave the detail out. Then there came out a third snake, and that one was uh, a python. But on it, you know what a python does in how it kills? It screws itself around, coils itself around its prey, and then takes its prey and kills it and destroys its prey. So with that being said, um, I thought to myself, well, okay, um, this is strange. This snake is huge, like the anacondas. When we were out there in the Amazon, they had those large anacondas. They're very dangerous. But on it were the colors of all the world. They had colors of all kinds, all like the flags. And I knew there's going to be a squeeze on the economy of the world coming. 
because the whole world would be affected and there would be an economical great, shall I say great duress, great problem, problems, billions will go lost for many nations because all the flags, the colors on that thing, I chased it also. And uh, there were some gigantic men with me, I assume they were angels, and they just took this thing by the tail and plucked it out. And I realized that there's a thing coming here. And it was like within the next two weeks, the COVID story started. So I knew there was death. I started preparing myself and the church. We started upgrading in our prayer sessions and all the rest. Now, I want to get back to what I'm supposed to talk about because I go on any direction. Ephesians 5.22, one of the prongs is your family. You, it starts with you and your wife. You see, you're both loved. By who? By God. In the first place. And if you're one of the family of Little Falls Christian Center, I love you too. So uh, never outlove God. God is the biggest, biggest of all. God is love. 1 John 4, 8 and 16. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the Lord has placed it like this. The husband is the head of the wife as also is Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, let the wives also be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, you also have to do something. Love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church. I repeat, just as Christ also loved the church. And he gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself as a glorious church, having not spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So the husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Let me repeat. He who loves himself loves himself. To the measure of love you give to your wife, that measure should be the same measure as you have for yourself. It's not nothing wrong with that. It says he. Uh, it says they ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, takes care of it, nourishes it means literally to raise it up and strengthen it, just as the Lord does to the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. This thing has gone so skew that sometimes the word avant in Hebrew, which is the word for iniquity, when I think of, of that particular word, uh, it means to be twisted. The devil has really, really twisted up society. And, um, you know, uh, how can I put it to you? Let me explain this to you. I have been, this year I'll be celebrating my 50th wedding anniversary with Maud. 
and a little bit later on in the year. And, and I'm thinking to myself, I come a long way. And I love this woman. I tell you, I love her, love her, love her. And I think that we have developed the, the depth of marriage increases the relationship with the depth of the years, with the accumulation of the years. There is this wrong culture among just about all the cultures of the world where uh, it's like, uh, you know, just, just bear with me and excuse me for doing it like this. It's like, wife, you better listen. I'm the boss around here. You are not my boss. I'm the boss. We're going to do this, that, and the other, and I'm in control. Listen, if you are following Christ, she'll follow you anyway because her desire will be towards her husband. She will follow you. But you see, it's not the amount of words we speak about Christ. It's our light that shines. We become this. And this light shines straight from our hearts through our conduct. And our conduct, the lamp of the body is the eye. And through our conduct, we should let our light shine and people see that we love each other. You see, how can I come to the church and say to the church, listen, husbands love your wives or wives love your husbands. And uh, how can I ever do that? Because I am there. I've been married a long time. And let me tell you again. Oh, I say this with such fulfillment and with such joy and with such pleasure that you're involved in a covenant. And this covenant is, is sacred. It's called holy matrimony. And that's why God said to the man and to his wife, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. Out of this holy covenant comes the multiplication of children. And if it wasn't so, there would be no children right now. But because of that love. Now, honeymoon goes over. And like I always say, you know, you, you, you take the, you take the, you, you, you marry the personality and the looks, and then you discover the character. That's why the old people, that's now generations before me used to say, I'm going to say it in the Afrikaans language, and I'll say it in English too. Before you get married, eat, ears, a sock, so psalm up. Before you get married, translate it, first eat a bag of salt together before you get married. Learn to know the character of the person whom you want to get married to. Now, so many of these, these people have been so badly hurt. And my heart goes out to you. It's just like my heart really goes out to you. And I'm thinking to myself, Lord, if I, if I could, I'd restore all things. Because I've seen people that, let's say a husband or a wife left for another man and there's adultery or another woman and there's adultery. And, and I, I've often thought, how can I recover? And I knew the thing was irrecoverable because they're gone and there's no restoration from no perspective that you can see. And uh, you realize 
this person is going to have to start life from fresh. Uh, it's, it's like it's like terrible. Here's the story, perhaps I should quickly tell you this, of a woman who had stomach cancer. When I saw her the first time, she looked as if she had been pregnant about eight, nine months. She was like at the end of pregnancy. And uh, I looked at her and I said, what's wrong with you? What do I pray for you for? Do I pray, are you, how many months are you? She said, no, it's cancer. I started counseling with her. And uh, I said to her, what happened? Well, her father molested her. And he kept on molesting her. Then she fled. She found a boyfriend. She thought he was the love of her life. They slept together. She fell pregnant. The moment she was pregnant, he disappeared like that. And there she was, pregnant, without a job, and a molested woman. I had to get that woman to forgive everybody. Her father, by name, everybody. And her husband, by name. I had to get that woman and get her down to the point where she would say, with tears rolling down her cheeks, right, I forgive. My life is one misery. From this day, I start anew. She forgave. As she forgave, the power of the Holy Spirit came down. I'll never forget that day. It was in the middle of the day. The power, it's like, a, a, it's, it's almost like the glory of the Lord filled the place and she was flung away from me. She was just, she fell to the ground and she was lying there as if she was dead. I went to her, I took her by the hand and I called her and I pulled her back on her feet. And when she was on her feet, that stomach was gone. I've seen that more than once. The Lord is the almighty God. He does wondrous things. She got healed from cancer. They found no further trace of cancer for as long as we know her, knew her after that. And uh, she was a liberated woman. So my dear friends, a woman is not there to abuse. A woman is not there to say, I'm the boss, you better listen to me. It doesn't work like that. She will submit to you as you submit to God Almighty. And if you submit to God Almighty, you have this, and she's also got this, and the two of you are into the word, and marriage finds a new dimension of synchronization where we begin to sound together like a symphony orchestra, symphonio, symphony. And like every decision we make, we go to the word. What does the word say? And when you start acting in accordance with the word, I remember my marriage up to the point where Maud and I made some serious commitments to God and started serving God. The marriage before and the marriage after, you can't compare. Because the marriage before was, there were many things that were just wrong in that, just the way we did things. But the marriage after that was pure, it was holy, it was sacred, it was, you know, anything that was vile was gone. Bad, bad language, jokes, anything said, and frivolous language, um, you know, coarse jesting, as the Bible says. 
let there be no coarse jesting. In other words, rough talking or any foul language over your lips, but honor the Lord in all things. By simply doing these things, I began to take my wife and lift her with me. I drew her close into the ministry. I said, come join me. Don't sit at home. And the kids were old enough and she could. And wherever she could, she was at my side. She's still at my side. We still go to church together. Everywhere I, I, I travel, nowhere on the planet. I don't leave home without my wife. She's always with me in that bedroom to check on everything. I have seen, to my dismay, the devil's prong, one prong of his fork, really dig deep and get to that marriage. And uh, I, I've seen men get into real mischief when they travel alone. Not all, but some. And then I look at the children. The children, they learn. They learn from their parents. And I have a surprise for you. If I recall my psychology years at university, if I recall it, then the husband maybe has got two-thirds as much influence on those children. I can, I can verify that. I love my mother, make no mistake. But my father... And the example that he set in terms of particularly his devotion to God. That brought me to where I am today. I saw them praying together. The devil had no chance. He could not drive in a wedge. I saw that marriage just flourish all the years. I saw her waiting on my father. Every afternoon, I think I told you this, she would go, she would make food, put it on the stove, and then go bath and put on fresh clothing and a dress and, and, and you know, just beautify herself and then stand with us and the children wait for my father to come home. That was life. That's what I know. I look at marriages. I see women that have been treated like rags. I see women that have been defiled, abused. I shake my head because I can't understand. Have they no fear of the Lord? Do they not understand? Let me, let me quickly read this in closing. Here um, uh, in the uh, book of, uh, of, of 1 Peter chapter number 3, it says, Wives, likewise, this is now Peter, the apostle, says, Be submissive to your own husband, that even if some do not obey the word. In other words, he's really still on, let's say, he's disobedient to God. Does not obey the word. They would, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. Not the words, not the rhetoric but by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste, and your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, there's the fear of the Lord again. The, the Messiah, it says, and his delight is in the fear of the Lord. Do not let your adornment be merely outward. You see, the beauty is never on the outside. Putting on fine apparel, rather let it be the hidden person of the heart, hidden person, anthropos, man of the heart, the person of the heart, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious 
in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, holy women also trusted God, also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham and called him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Husbands, likewise, dwell with him with understanding, giving honor to the wife, to your wife as to the weaker vessel and to being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers, that your prayers, that your prayers may not be hindered. There is one of the big, if you had a carrot, it would be the size of a ton into the ground of prayer blockage. Your prayers be hindered. You dishonor your wife, your prayers are not heard. God sees that. You pray to him, he doesn't even listen to you. He hides his face from you. But the moment you treat her well and you adorn her, remember, it's the hidden person of the heart that is really there for you, that loves you. And so that's the one prong where the devil comes. I haven't even spoken about the children. Same thing. The children Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart. You do your best to lay a godly foundation to your children. And like my father did with me, took me by the hand. Big man, I was a small boy, and he would take me by the hand and take me, whether I want to or not, dress me up and take me to church. There in 11th Avenue, those years, in the town or the city of Benoni. And... Uh, my feet went that way, but my father was too strong, and he went that way. Straight to church, took me and let me off in the Sunday school, and I was in Sunday school. I can't even remember that I, the years before even Sunday school, so that by the age of 16, I was a Sunday school teacher. And, uh, you know, it's like the, the ways of the Lord are always the best ways the better option, the preferable way. You know, I was, I was quoting these words, in all of your ways acknowledge him, and he shall straighten your paths. Don't you think God could do that for you? Don't you think that if you simply remember that it's the hidden person of the heart, that woman is married to a hidden person of the heart, the man is married to a hidden person of the heart, and it's that hidden person of the heart that if understood correctly, praise together correctly, one shall put a thousand to flight to 10,000. You can multiply your prayer power, chase the devil straight out your house, straight out by the power of the two of you praying together. Now, I say, may God bless you. I want to read this. I like, I just love reading this Hebrew and then follow it with, with the... Uh, with the English, and with that, we're going to turn over to the Little False Band. I'll be with you back again tonight. Tonight, I want to take you and another prong of the devil that is aimed at you. Make no mistake, these are three. So we've dealt, albeit briefly, with husband and wives. Now let's go to the next one tonight. And uh, here, it's, it's like the Lord bless you and keep you. Let's take it in Hebrew first. I love the Hebrew because it brings out the Hebrew meaning very strongly 
to my heart. Ivarechatai Adonai Veish Barecha, Yaer Adonai Panev Elecha, Vichuneka, Yeshai Adonai Panav Elecha, Vashem Icha Shalom. Vashem Lecha Shalom. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance over you, be gracious to you. The Lord grant you eternal salvation and peace in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.